Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and thank you for joining us again. Welcome if it's your first time. We're going to be exploring a particular little highway and byway of jazz recorded history. We're going to go back to Chicago in the um, late 1920s, mid to late 1920s. We're going to listen to the music that was recorded under the name of one of the first really significant female jazz players uh, of the day. Her name was Lovey Austin, at least that was her stage name. Uh, she was born Cora Calhoun in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 1887. She was definitely on the older side for jazz musicians of the 1920s. She was a very accomplished musician. She had uh, taken piano and I think organ lessons uh, in Chattanooga from her father, among other people. Her father was a, a music teacher, and she had a very good grasp of the basics of piano technique and of arranging and theory, and she was a music director for several theaters uh, during her very long career. She lived into the 1970s. She was also a friend of Bessie Smith in Bessie Smith's early days. I imagine she was more of a mentor to Bessie uh, because she was older by a number of years. Uh, she uh, did an interview towards the end of her life, which is available on the Tulane Archive, and she talks about those early days and Bessie Smith and lots of other things besides. By the 1910s, she was in Chicago, and she was, as I said, directing shows and directing theater performances. She came to be known as a very honest and hard-working accompanist, uh, especially to the early blues singers. When the blues era got started in 1921 or 22 in Chicago, she uh, became the confidant and uh, assistant of many of the early blues singers, most especially um, Alberta Hunter, who uh, spoke very highly of uh, Lovey Austin to the end of her days. They were very good friends. She said that Austin was very honest uh, when she would transcribe tunes and send them in for copyright. She would uh, make sure the correct composers' names were on them and uh, make sure that the singers got their royalties and so forth. It wasn't uh, a business that uh, garnered anyone a whole lot of money, but uh, Lovey Austin was unique in her uh, honesty, apparently, for doing that end of the business. She also recorded very frequently with a group called her Blues Serenaders, or just her Serenaders. Um, we're going to be focusing on the instrumental compositions, or at least on the, the compositions that she recorded that were focused on the band rather than singers. She and this group uh, accompanied a panoply of singers in the 1920s, and very often Lovey Austin got credit as the band leader or just as the piano accompanist. So we're going to start out with two tunes that came from November of 1924. All of these recordings... Uh, were recorded for Paramount. Paramount was a small jazz label uh, from Grafton, Wisconsin, that uh, many of the Chicago uh, jazz players, particularly the black players, but some white players too, recorded for in the 1920s. It had limited distribution, but uh, it captured quite uh, a, a large uh, variety of jazz and popular music sounds, particularly from the black uh, tradition, black music theater, the uh, tent shows, and from early jazz as well. The two tunes we're going to hear are Steppin' on the Blues and Traveling Blues, and they feature a trio, Lovey Austin holding down all the rhythm section parts on piano, and then two very notable horn players, Tommy Ladnier from New Orleans on cornet and Jimmy O'Brien on clarinet. Jimmy O'Brien is often mistaken for Johnny Dodds. Um, he had the same type of tonal quality, but his approach was a little more novelty-based. He had played in minstrel shows and circus bands. He was a very good technician, recorded extensively through the 1920s, but died 
died, I believe, in the late 1920s, early 30s, uh, even led a number of sessions. I think we have a podcast in the past devoted to some of his trio and quartet performances. A very good player, although uh, a little bit outside of the jazz tradition, although he managed to assimilate a lot of the bluesy qualities that we associate with Johnny Dodds. So Steppin' on the Blues was a composition credited to all three of them, and it was, in fact, uh, just a pretty standard blues. Travelin' Blues, on the other hand, is to uh, Lovey Austin uh, by herself, and that's a take on the Artie Matthews tune, The Weary Blues, which was well-known in New Orleans by that point, and uh, just kind of a recomposition of the melody. It uses the same chords and the same strains and the same order of strains, etc. So this is a very early jazz contrafact, you'd have to say. Then we're going to go on and hear three tunes from the April 1925 session. As I said, these are all Paramount, and they were all recorded in Chicago as well. We're going to hear Charleston Mad, which was a Lovey Austin tune. Most of the tunes we're going to hear today were compositions by Lovey Austin, except where noted. And this features a vocal by Priscilla Stewart, and features Ladnier, O'Brien, Lovey Austin, and the nearly legendary W.E. Burton on drums. After that, we're going to hear the similarly titled Charleston, South Carolina, which is the more familiar Charleston by Cecil Mack and James P. Johnson, one of the most popular tunes of the day. And then we're going to finish up with a tune credited to Tommy Ladnier, Heebie Jeebies, which is not the Boyd Atkins tune that Louis Armstrong recorded about the same time, or a few months later, I should say, uh, but this is Tommy Ladnier's own tune. So those are our five tunes for our first set, Lovey Austin and her Blues Serenaders, Steppin' on the Blues, Travelin' Blues, Charleston Mad, Charleston, South Carolina, and heebie-jeebies.
So there's Lovey Austin and her Blues Serenaders. Lovey Austin, uh, as I said, was a very well-educated, well-trained technical musician. She directed shows uh, at several theaters, I think most notably the Monogram Theater in Chicago, which was one of the theaters that was the kind of central uh, locations for the TOBA, the Theater Owners Booking Association circuit of African-American acts, uh, blues acts, comedy, dance, uh, any type of vaudeville show featuring uh, black performers went through Chicago and hit the monogram. And she was the uh, music director for any singers or or entertainers who came through there, and that's where she became known uh, to the directors of the recording companies, such as Paramount, uh, who wanted uh, good train musicians to come in to help out the singers who were often not musically literate. And uh, Lovey Austin would transcribe their songs and send them into the Library of Congress for copyright and uh, often write her own songs and sometimes get co-composer credit as well. She was clearly a very uh, organized musical thinker, I guess you'd have to say. All these pieces we heard so far that were composed by her show very interesting compositional uh, ideas. They weren't just straight 12-bar blues as many of the jazz bands were want to play in the 1920s. They often had alternate strains like the first tune, the Steppin' on the Blues, which had that minor strain in it. Uh, they were also well arranged. Clearly there was a lot of preparation that went into these recordings. The interplay between the trumpet and the clarinet on the first two tunes, Tommy Ladnier and Jimmy O'Brien, suggests that there were things written out and uh, there was an actual arrangement in mind. So she obviously uh, had, a, had a vision of what she wanted her groups and her pieces to sound like. Very, very organized musician, who later on was credited by the great Mary Lou Williams as being a formative influence on on her. Mary Lou Williams was touring the vaudeville circuit with uh, a black band as early as the early 1920s and probably made the acquaintance of Lovey Austin at the time. So we started out, as I said, with Steppin' on the Blues, uh, featuring Tommy Ladnier, a great New Orleans cornet player who was shortly to leave for Europe with Sam Wooding's band, and Jimmy O'Brien on clarinet, who, as I said, uh, played a lot of minstrel and circuses in the 1910s. He died in 1928, actually, very young, before he had a chance to be discovered more than he was. And then we heard the Traveling Blues, which was a a Lovey Austin composition. The other first one was credited to all three. And Traveling Blues was a barely disguised version of the Weary Blues. Same order of strains and keys and uh, some very good uh, organized and written out interplay between the horns. Those were done for Paramount in Chicago, November of 1924. And they were apparently successful enough that Paramount brought the band back in April of 1925. And uh, Jimmy O'Brien, Tommy Ladnier, and Lovey Austin joined by W.E. Burton on drums and Priscilla Stewart on vocals. Priscilla Stewart was a uh, black cabaret blues singer who was touring the theaters and uh, had made a number of recordings under her own name, uh, some of which were accompanied by Lovey Austin, but she guested on the next two sides, Charleston Mad and Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston Mad was uh, a Lovey Austin tune, and Charleston, South Carolina was the James P. Johnson and Cecil Mack show tune that was so popular at the time. And again, those were very highly organized, as was Heebie-Jeebies, the last tune of that set, credited to Tommy Ladnier, but I think pretty clearly arranged by Lovey Austin. Tommy Ladnier didn't really arrange. He was not a very quick music reader, as we uh, have learned over the years, although he did play in several big bands, mainly uh, because of his soloing abilities, which were considered uh, almost, but not quite, on a par with Louis Armstrong at the time. 
So we're going to finish off that April session uh, coming up. We're going to hear the Peepin Blues, which was subtitled or, or parenthetically titled the Carolina Shuffle, and then the Moho Blues, or Mojo Blues, if you will. Uh, Peepin Blues was credited to Lovey Austin and Mojo Blues to Tommy Ladnier. Then we're going to go to August of 1925. Now the band is called Lovey Austin and Her Serenaders, I guess to make them a little more uh, versatile sounding, uh, perhaps. And we're going to hear W.E. Burton, Lovey Austin, and Jimmy O'Brien again. The trumpet player we're not sure of. It's not Tommy Ladner. He'd left by that time. Uh, some sources say it was probably Bob Schaffner, but others say it might have been Shirley Clay, who was just beginning his career at the time. And we're going to hear three tunes from that session. The three tunes, I should say. Don't Shake It No More which was credited to Thomas A. Dorsey, the later-day gospel composer who was at the time Ma Rainey's music director. Then the Rampart Street Blues, Lovey Austin tune, and Too Sweet for Words, credited to somebody named Shelton. So those are our tunes uh, coming up. Lovey Austin and her Blues Serenaders, the Peepin' Blues, a.k.a. Carolina Shuffle, uh, and Mojo Blues, and then Lovey Austin and her Serenaders, Don't Shake It No More, Rampart Street Blues, and too sweet for words.
was Lovey Austin and her Blue Serenaders and her Serenaders. We started out with the two remaining titles from April 1925, all these for Paramount Records. The Peepin' Blues, a.k.a. the Carolina Shuffle, composed by Lovey Austin, and the Mojo Blues, composed by Tommy Ladnier. Tommy Ladnier on cornet, Jimmy O'Brien on clarinet, Lovey Austin on piano, W.E. Burton on drums in that case. And, uh... We expect the uh, quality of playing from Tommy Ladnier there, but Jimmy O'Brien really acquits himself very well. He recorded extensively for Paramount, uh, leading his own washboard wonders group, and uh, has been volunteered as the clarinet player on some tunes that might have been actually by Johnny Dodds. Their their approach was very similar, even though O'Brien was not raised in New Orleans and didn't really have quite the level of blues feeling that uh, Dodds did. So then we went to the first session of Lovey Austin's Serenaders from August of 1925. We heard Don't Shake It No More, uh, the tune by Thomas A. Dorsey. Uh, Rampart Street Blues, also called the Rampart Blues by uh, Lovey Austin. And Too Sweet for Words, a nice kind of mellow, uh, bluesy ballad, I guess you'd have to call it, by someone named Shelton. And these featured, in addition to Jimmy O'Brien, Lovey Austin, W. Burton, probably Bob Schaffner on trumpet. He was not considered a great jazz trumpet player, although he played lead on uh, some fine sessions in the 20s. And, of course, he played second trumpet in King Oliver's uh, uh, big band that followed the Creole jazz band, the Dixie Syncopators, in 1926, 27 or so. And he uh, played through the 1930s. He played in various WPA bands and ended up coming out of retirement in the 1950s. 50, late 50s and 60s to play with Franz Jackson's band, uh, the uh, New Orleans tribute band that he put together. So we're going to go on now to a session from April of 1926, so nine months or so after the last one. This has a different personnel, although Lovey Austin and W.E. Burton are still part of the equation. We have a front line of Natty Dominique on cornet, Kid Ory on trombone, and Johnny Dodds this time on clarinet, three New Orleans natives. Uh, who recorded together in some other uh, guises, different uh, uh, jazz bands from this period. Johnny Dodds was leading a band at Kelly Stables that had Natty Dominique on it, and uh, so these three were known to each other and created a very nice front-line style. We're going to start with the Jackass Blues, which was something of a pop tune of the day. It was composed by the white band leaders Art Castle and Mel Stitzel, and was recorded by King Oliver, uh, with notably Kid Ory in the band, and uh, several other groups as well, including Fletcher Henderson on the East Coast. Uh, the band doesn't sound too familiar with this tune, the front line anyway. Nobody really plays the melody until the, the very end, especially the melody on the uh, chorus. Uh, when the clarinet solo comes in and then the trombone solo after that, you can hear Lovey Austin playing the melody underneath them, which uh, was to give them some guidance, I suppose. Uh, after Jackass Blues, we'll hear what I think of as really the most interesting Lovey Austin composition, the Frog Tongue Stomp. I don't know where the name comes from, but some interesting ensemble effects, a very organized ensemble, not just a free-for-all jam session type of thing, but really some, some interesting compositional activity here. And then we're going to hear four tunes from August of 1926, so a few months after that has the same band with the addition of Eustern Woodfork on banjo and Henry Williams taking a couple of vocals. And uh, the tunes we're going to hear from that session are the Chicago Mess Around and the Galleon Stomp, G-A-L-I-O-N. I'm not sure if that's a misprint or not, but that's uh, how it was on the label. Both of those by Lovey Austin. 
Then, In the Alley Blues, another Lovey Austin tune, and we're going to end up with Merry Maker's Twine, credited to Nelson and Mac. I think it was Cecil Mack, who also was partly responsible for Charleston, so a, a, a tune from the Black Musical Theater. So those six tunes are by Lovey Austin and her serenaders, all recorded for Paramount in Chicago, first two in April of 1926, and the last four in August of 1926. We're going to hear the Jackass Blues, the Frog Tongue Stomp, Chicago Mess Around, Galleon Stomp, In the Alley Blues, and Merry Makers Twine.
happy dance It's full of hell I'm classy death All you got to do is just Stop and quibble Any shimmy speaking loud And you let nothing around Ay, 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 ay Ay, ay, ay
our Lovey Austin program for the day. We started out with Jackass Blues and Frog Tongue Stomp done in April of 1926. Both of these groups featuring Natty Dominique, or both of these sessions I should say, Natty Dominique on cornet, Kid Ori on trombone, Johnny Dodds on clarinet, Lovey Austin on piano, and W.E. Burton on drums. And Lovey Austin really showed herself to be, as I said, a great arranger and composer, but a very, very good jazz pianist as well, kind of in the barrel house boogie-woogie tradition, but with a lot more finesse and the ability to negotiate much more complicated structures that she herself created. So after Jackass Blues and Frog Tongue Stomp, we heard from August of 1926, the Chicago Mess Around, featuring a vocal by Henry Williams, Galleon Stomp, In the Alley Blues, and ended up with Merrymaker's Twine, also by Henry Williams vocal, I should say. So Lovey Austin continued to do theater work through the 1930s and 40s and presumably made a, a reasonably good living. She uh, made one return to the recording studio in the 1960s as part of Chris Albertson's Riverside series, the Legend series. He did New Orleans and so forth, but he did a, a ser series of sessions in Chicago featuring the Earl Hines Band and also Lil Hardin Armstrong and several other groups. And uh, he brought Lovey Austin and Alberta Hunter together again after about 40 years and uh, backed them with members of the Earl Hines Band, including Darnell Howard and Jimmy Archie and Pops Foster, and uh, I play those on a podcast coming up. They only did three numbers as instrumentals, and only one, Galleon Stomp, was a Lovey Austin composition, but we'll, we'll hit those at some point. So thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed this program. My name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus, and please tune in every once in a while see what we're up to. Uh, if you'd like to support us, please hit that little button, do it sustaining or one time, whatever you like. We'd love to have some more members of the family. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side.